I don't know about you, but I have friends who don't believe in God. They're awesome people. People I love to be with, learn from, laugh with. And some of my friends who don't believe in God are listening to me right now. And uh, if you're uh, one of those uh, who don't believe in God, thanks for listening in as I share some of uh, my reasons for why I believe in the existence of God, a God who is personal and wants a relationship with you and with me, and who came in Jesus to make that relationship possible. I have a friend who doesn't believe in God. His name is CJ. Uh, his parents are from India originally and uh, gave him a name that uh, most Americans are too impatient to pronounce, and so he goes by CJ. CJ is in his uh, mid-50s, and he is a surgeon, actually one of the uh, most respected uh, professionals in uh, medical professionals in the Northeast. Uh, CJ and I have a mutual friend who loves throwing these great dinner parties. And so we've gotten to know each other over about a dozen of these extended meals. And we've had hours to talk uh, over our jobs, our families, and various topics uh, that are on our mind. And after a while, we uh, eventually got around to our divergent perspectives on the existence of God. Uh, CJ took a deep breath uh, one evening and said, I know you're a pastor and all, but I don't believe in God. And I said, CJ, understood. The right back at you. I know you're a doctor and all, but I don't believe in golf. <laughs> People have tried to convert me and uh, I find the services boring and they're always asking for money. <laughs> CJ has a great sense of humor and uh, that uh, launched us into uh, some awesome conversations on the subject of belief. Belief in science and belief in God. And I say belief in science because CJ believes that all things can be explained in naturalistic, not supernatural, but naturalistic terms. And this became especially apparent when uh, one time CJ dared me to give him a shred of scientific evidence for the existence of God. He said, go ahead, just give me one scientific reason for the existence of God. What CJ didn't know is that I have been studying this topic for years. I'm no scientist, but I'd read books and I've listened to podcasts and I've cross-checked the information. And so I said, thanks, CJ. Sit back. <laughs> and let's begin with the origin of matter. I said, as you know, astrophysicists are now in possession of uh, observed data sets that lead them to the dogmatic conclusion that our physical universe had a definite and sudden explosive beginning in a, uh, in a, a finite number of years ago. I told CJ, as you know, astrophysicists 
uh, have come to this finding uh, by observed cosmic cooling rates from an original uh, hot compact state, uh, on observed spreading apart of galaxies and galaxy clusters, and on cosmic expansion rates, which lead researchers to the firm belief that out of the timeless nothingness, physical matter had a sudden and explosive appearance. And I said, CJ, you can see where I'm going. Science says that a finite number of years ago, out of the material nothingness, a non-material force outside of space and time initiated the Big Bang. And it's a very small step from this scientific finding to the theological conclusion that this non-material force is God. And then I said, may I go on? And he said, continue. <laughs> and I was very eager to do so because uh, out of the sudden creation of all physical matter in the physical universe overflows several more supports for the existence of God, such as the origin of life. I said, CJ, as you know, uh, that in the last 15 years, the uh, field of genetics has opened a forever a long closed door to the mysteries of the building blocks of life. Uh, the mysteries of life are programmed in these long strings of nucleic uh, acids called RNA and DNA. RNA and DNA are like sentences of a code. And the letters that make up these sentences are made of a raw material. Raw material with names like uh, arginine and lysine and ribose. And so life is made up of DNA and RNA. DNA and RNA are nucleic acids and nucleic acids are made up of the raw material of arginine and lysine and ribose. But here's the kicker. The kicker is that researchers have found no trace of arginine, lysine, or ribose anywhere in the universe except on Earth. And on Earth, they find these raw materials nowhere on Earth except in organic material. Meaning that the only place that the raw material, the building blocks for life is found is in life. Things that are living things or once living things. In other words, the origin of life is another big bang. Life is a singularity that cannot be explained by naturalistic explanations. Scientists want to explain how life started with just naturalistic terms, but they can't avoid uh, the supernatural implications. There are, is no naturalistic scenario for the origin of life. Francis Crick, the uh, winner of the Nobel Prize for uh, discovering the double helix of uh, DNA, wrote, an honest man, armed with all the knowledge available to us now, could only state that in some sense, the origin of life appears at the moment to be almost a miracle. So many are the conditions which would have had to be satisfied to get it going. And I, I know you already know this, uh, CJ, but I'll, I'll say it anyway. Uh, and that is that even with all our knowledge of the building blocks of life and the raw material, science cannot create life. Science cannot generate 
self-replicating DNA or RNA. There are no natural explanations for the origin of life, but there is a supernatural explanation, and that is the existence of God. And CJ broke in to say, well, of course there is no arginine or lysine or ribose uh, in the universe and found anywhere except for Earth. I mean, the conditions are too harsh. That fragile material would never survive in our universe outside of Earth. And I said, thank you, my friend, because you have just led me to the next scientific support for the existence of God, which is the fine-tuning of our universe. Like Francis Crick says, uh, the more we know scientifically, the more the appearance of life appears to be a miracle. But so are the conditions necessary for life anywhere in our universe. There are between 100 and 200 features that must be fine-tuned into the laws of physics to allow for organic life to exist anywhere in the universe. The speed of life, uh, gravitational constants, the exact interplay between weak and strong nuclear forces, these physical laws and hundreds more must be in the narrowest of parameters in order to allow for life to be anywhere in the universe. But then, with regard to Earth, there are more than 800 different features of our galaxy and our planetary system that had to be fine-tuned in order for there to be a life possible on Earth. Experts concede that our universe and its interplay with Earth bears the marks of specific intent for the support of advanced life, meaning human beings. But don't listen to me. Listen to the most famous physicist who died uh, six months ago, Stephen Hawking, did not believe in the God of the Bible. But speaking of the fine-tuning of the universe, he writes, it would be very difficult to explain why the universe would have begun in just this way, except as the act of a god who intended to create beings like us. And uh, Hawking's reference to beings like us brings us to another scientific support for the existence of God, the origin of humanity. Uh, back in the 1960s, a uh, artist created a famous image called the March of Progress, uh, which depicts a, an ape on all fours uh, on the knuckles, uh, then preceded by an ape on two feet, uh, preceded by uh, a ne Neanderthal cave-looking man, and finally with a uh, modern human, all in lockstep like uh, the Beatles on the Abbey Road crossroads. The image was designed to communicate what archaeologists expected to find. They expected to find that, the fossilized, uh, the, that there were fossilized missing links that would prove how our discovered uh, ancient primates slowly evolved into modern humans. But then along came the genetic revolution, which has completely torn up this image and its assumptions. Uh, when Neanderthal fossils and other human-looking fossils were tested genetically, it was found that neither Neanderthals or any of the discovered ancient primates have any genetic relation to humanity. They are all subhuman primates. They can follow us, but they can never be us. Before genetics, 
Archaeologists were seeking a missing link, but now archaeologists realize that they're missing the whole chain because there is no direct primary, primate ancestry identified in any uh, of those discovered ancient primates linked to humanity, which means that the origin of human life is like another big bang because the relatively, scientifically speaking, sudden appearance of humanity can't be explained naturalistically. Science can't quite explain how super intelligent humans emerge from a non-intelligent random process. Science can't quite account for humans who can make smartphones, enjoy 31 flavors of ice cream, and contemplate their place in a universe that supposedly created them by accident. The origin of matter, which includes the origin of life as finely tuned in the universe, culminating in the origin of humanity, support the existence of a higher intelligence who started a creative process that culminates in beings who bear his image as his signature on the masterpiece of our earth and the universe. After I said these things, CJ uh, was ready to reply. But before I, I uh, get to his reply, I need to pause. Because I realize right now I've already in, unintentionally alienated some and have overimpressed others. <laughs> some listening to me are already convinced that I am an arrogant, uninformed idiot. <laughs> if that's you, well, I'm not a scientist, but I've done research, and, I, and that's because I really want to learn. And so if you have information you think that I could benefit from, talk to me. I want to receive it and uh, discuss it. On the other hand, if you have gotten the false impression that I am super brilliant in this science stuff, don't be fooled. Uh, what I'm sharing with you is a mashup of things I said to CJ and conversations I've had with three other CJs in my life. And if this mashup makes me look smart, I'm sorry. Uh, but I thought it was better than wasting your time by keeping in all the times I just blinked with a dumb look on my face and said, hamana, 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 hamana. Uh, so in, sum in summary, if you walk out uh, thinking I'm an idiot, please, let's talk. But if you walk out thinking I'm brilliant, I guess that's something I'm just going to have to live with. So... But the main thing is that you can do this. If you have a friend who wants some reasons to believe in the existence of God, you don't have to just blink with a dumb look on your face. You have some good things that you can talk about. Here's another thing. If your friend uh, asks you for why you believe in the existence of God, whatever you do, don't just say, well, you gotta have faith. Don't say that for many reasons, like because it shuts down the conversation between you and your friend, and because it creates a barrier between your friend and God, and because it gives the false impression that there's no good evidence for the existence of God and that believers just have to put their brain in neutral. And there's one more reason which brings me back to CJ. 
When I finished my scientific support, I said, CJ, uh, if you're interested, I actually have four more supports that are evidence for the existence of God. But first, tell me what you think. And CJ uh, said, I see what you're doing. Wherever scientific research has hit a dead end, you stick in God. I'm not going to do that. When it comes to what science can't explain right now, I believe that we just don't have the answer yet. For instance, I agree that it's no coincidence that our universe is, seems to be finely tuned to support life on Earth, but the answer doesn't ha have to be God. Uh, the, uh, maybe uh, we're just one of an almost infinite number of universes, and out of all the universes that failed, we're in the one that won the lottery, and uh, we're the lucky planet with just the exact conditions to uh, support life. I said, CJ, of course we need to go full steam with scientific exploration, whether we believe in God or not, but CJ, you know that infinite universes could never be scientifically observed, so that's not future science, that's fake science. And he says, I know, I know, but my point is that I'm not going to stick God into the gap. I'm going to rely on science. And that's when it hit me. C.J. was telling me that it didn't matter what scientific evidence I gave for the existence of God. He already had a belief. He had faith in science. And this is another reason why we should never say, well, you just got to have faith. Because when it comes to the existence of God, having faith is not the issue. Because Everybody has faith. Some people put faith in God. Other people put faith in science. Some people put faith in Jesus. Other people put faith in good works or good times or, or something else. And some take refuge in a perpetual state of doubt. And they say like they're the wise adult in the room, well, I have my doubts about the existence of God. I have my doubts about Jesus. As if their doubt was a sophisticated refuge from faith. No, perpetual doubt is a faith. It's a faith that making a decision about God doesn't matter. But it does, which brings me to Paul's letter, uh, the first chapter of his letter to the Romans, where inspired by the Spirit of God, Paul writes this. The anger of God, God feels strongly about this, is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness, since what may be known about God is evident to all because God has made it evident to all. Ever since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly evident, being understood from what has been made so that everyone is without excuse. And I thought of these words in my discussion with CJ, that CJ was suppressing the truth, suppressing the evidence 
of God. And don't think I'm insulting CJ. I'm not. I love him. And I, I showed him Paul's words, and he wasn't insulted because it was the truth. Some people are looking for reasons to believe in the existence of God. And other people, like CJ, are looking for ways to avoid it, looking for ways to avoid God and suppress any evidence for uh, points of his existence. If you have a friend who doesn't believe in God, it might be a good idea to find out which category your friend is in. You might want to ask, saying, you know, you've told me before that you don't believe in God. I'm interested in what kind of unbelief you have. Would you say that you are looking for good reasons to believe in the existence of God, or are you just not open at all to God at all? It's helpful to know. Uh, because when I found out that CJ was not open to the existence of God, I decided I wouldn't talk about it unless he brought it up, which freed me up to just pray blessing, God's blessing over him, and just be his friend and enjoy being his friend. And sometimes, as you do this, as you wait, a closed person, a person who's closed to God, will gradually open up. And this is what happened to CJ when he got sick. Uh, CJ started losing a lot of weight and was very tired. CJ and I got together and he told me about the rare condition that he had. It was not heart, it was not cancer, it was a rare disease. Um, and things didn't look good. He was admitted for clinical drug trials. And during that period, he was not able to work. And since he was home with nothing to do, uh, we got together at his house, and then we'd go for walks on the trails uh, near his home. And as we walked, we talked. And CJ reopened this topic of God. And he said, uh, you know, a while back you said that there were four more evidences for, uh, that supported the existence of God. I'm interested. Now, before I get to what I said to CJ, let me skip to the happy news that there was a medical solution for CJ. He's healthy and he's back to work. Uh, but when, we're, when we were on those walks, on those trails, it was uncertain. And uh, CJ wanted to know those four supports for uh, the existence of God. And I said, CJ, you know, we already discussed the origin of matter and how that's a support to the existence of God. But uh, there's also meaning. And the fact that all human beings search for purpose in life. In fact, uh, from a psychological perspective, uh, human survival uh, depends on a, a sense of self-worth and purpose as much as we need food and water. Why is that? Uh, if we're really just the end result of an evolutionary accident, we wouldn't hunger for meaning and significance, but we do. And this desire for meaning is evidence that the God who created all things has a purpose for us, which includes a relationship with him. And next there is uh, morality. Uh, where do we get our universal understanding that there is right and there is wrong? Nobody thinks parents should be free to choose whether to kiss their children or torture them. We know, everyone knows, that one is right, and one is wrong. And when a child abuser is caught in the act, everyone demands justice. Why? Why is that? If we're just products of natural selection, then the weak lose and the strong get whatever they want. But none of us thinks that way. 
We have an internal moral code that leaves us with internal guilt when we break it. And the demand we all have for justice stands as evidence that God exists. And then finally, there is mortality. Uh, and the truth that all human cultures of all times have always had an assumption of an afterlife. And obviously, some modern people can suppress this uh, intuition, but uh, all of us have within us a nagging awareness that this life is not the end. Why? Why is that? Uh, it's because we know that each person is unique and there is an eternal part of each person that corresponds with the personal and eternal God who exists outside this visible world and wants a relationship with us that lasts forever. Uh, the Apostle Paul says in Romans 1 that God made himself evident inside and outside to all people. And so, CJ, these four M's, uh, matter and meaning and morality and mortality, are not proof of God as much as they are signs of God's existence that he's put inside of us and that we really can't fully suppress or deny. And CJ, there's one more M. The fifth M is my story. And uh, it's a story of how I was lost and insecure in this world until I encountered Jesus, uh, who is both God and God's answer to my broken and searching heart. Jesus gave his life for me so I could have a restored relationship with God and experience his love and power each day. Anyway, uh, I shared these five M's uh, with CJ, not just this one time, but we, we came back to it. Uh, matter, meaning, morality, mortality, my story, over and over again. Uh, do you have a friend uh, who doesn't believe in God? Try it. Try one or all of these five M's. And uh, I've shared these five M's, uh, M's with uh, many of my friends who don't believe in God. And most still don't believe in God. But that's okay. They're my friends, and I love them. But I have another friend named CJ. He used to not believe in God at all. But now, my friend CJ has begun a gradual journey to the greater joy of becoming a friend of Jesus, too. We want to thank you for watching and listening to our sermons online, and we hope that uh, you will be inspired to live more like Jesus through these. Please check out blackrock.org for more information about our church. Know that you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, and also uh, know that you can give uh, to BlackRock and to our ministry through PushPay, through our mobile app, and on our website. Your uh, donations and your support of our ministry allows us to have uh, these videos online and for us to impact our community.